AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Holmes, he'll just chuck it ahead, and it's caught. McKinnon has that next gear. Touchdown on a full sprint to the end zone. 56 yards on a toss from Mahomes. Just beyond the 10-yard line now on second and goal. Goff for the end zone. Catch made. That's a touchdown. Abed Ross, St. Brown. Set it downs again for Alabama. Bad snap. Milrow scoops it up. And he's trying to make something out of nothing. They'll add Lev for the quarterback in his second start. And he is in. Touchdown, Alabama. Probably the best athlete on the field. Takes a ground ball and says, you know what? I'm going to call my own number here and just run around everybody. First and goal. Brooks the tailback. And Ewers keeps it. From the more swift, the more elusive one rushing touchdown all last season. <laughs> you can see the guys are rice. Oh, the guys are just worn down, man. Dobbs deep downfield, and the pass is hauled in inside the 35 yard line by Racy McBear. Go figure. Now Donovan Wilson looks like he's playing a half-field safety, but how about the recognition by Dobbs to see Wilson come down? Going to have to go ahead and make adjustments to what he's comfortable with. Tuned to the end zone, touchdown! Caden Davis got free in the back of the end zone, and Tune found him. The Cardinals within a point. 3-2. Alec Thomas slugs it down the right field line. clobbered and the Diamondbacks have taken a six to five lead that's the eighth of the year for Alec Thomas they now lead it seven five still do not have a base hit in this inning until now Thomas punches it into left Carroll is home here comes Cattell Alec Thomas having a big day he's knocked in five pressure San Francisco's got it. It was all Nick Bosa. Just a matter of time. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Thursday, September 7th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7, Lions at Chiefs, who you got tonight? ATS. Texas at Alabama, who you got Saturday night? ATS. The Cardinals, who should be the starting quarterback? The Diamondbacks, are you ready, or are they ready, or maybe you too, but are they ready, more importantly, for the stretch run? The NFL, should Nick Bosa be the NFL's highest-paid defensive player? And what else caught your eye since our last show? 
Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, we'll go around college football, including a look back at week one and a little bit of a week uh, two look ahead. Uh, we'll be joined by Pete Futak of collegefootballnews.com. 9.30, interactive action at 6.02, 260-1060, and also the local roundup. That'll include some Cardinals, Sun Devils, and Wildcats updates, plus uh, Diamondbacks and Rockies analysis from Thursday. Then in the final segment of the sports zone will be the National Roundup, topped by the NFL latest line and some injury updates. Then after the sports zone, from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla. That will include a preview of tonight's Lions-Chiefs NFL season opener. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, who you got tonight, ATS at Kansas City, Detroit plus 5.5, or Kansas City minus 5.5? And, And, uh, Corey, what do we have here for early returns? Leading so far, Chiefs minus 5.5 at 75% there, Lions plus 5.5 at 25% on KDUS1060.com. Now, if you want the Lions plus five and a half, FanDuel is your sports book. Most other worldwide locations have the Lions plus four and a half. Uh, so if you want the Lions and get that extra point, FanDuel seems to be your spot. Travis Kelsey, according to reports this morning, considered a game-time decision, a legitimate game-time decision. Today's Twitter poll question, who you got Saturday night at Tuscaloosa ATS? Texas plus seven or Alabama minus seven. And Corey, what's going on here? All right. So Alabama minus seven currently at 100% of the vote on KDUSAM 1060 on Twitter. Nobody believes that Texas is back. Okay. Alabama with Bryce Young and Will Anderson. Remember, they were the first and third picks of last year's draft. They had them both. They both made key plays down the stretch. And they rallied Alabama in the fourth quarter to win last season in Austin, 20-13. to And that's the game that Quinn Ewers also was injured in the first half of that game and had to leave. And he was doing quite well in that game before he had to leave because of the injury. Meanwhile, back on the local front or on the local front, the Cardinals remain mum, excellent word mum, on their starting quarterback even though the NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported on Wednesday that Joshua Dobbs will be the starter ahead of Clayton Toon in Sunday's opener at Washington. Who should be the Cardinals' starting quarterback Sunday at Washington, Joshua Dobbs or Clayton Toon? Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks are done with the Rockies after winning the, for the 10th time in 13 meetings this season and uh, against Colorado. Arizona now has 22 games remaining, including seven against the Cubs, That starts tonight with the first of a four-game series at Wrigley Field. Are the Diamondbacks ready for the stretch run beginning tonight at Wrigley Field? Spanning the globe, Joe, uh, excuse me, Nick Bosa. Got my Bosa's mixed up there momentarily, uh, but I corrected myself. Uh, Nick Bosa hit the jackpot. He and the uh, 49ers agreed to a record five-year, $170 million deal with $122.5 million guaranteed. Should Nick Bosa be the highest-paid non-quarterback in the NFL? That's what he currently is, the highest-paid non-quarterback in the NFL. 
Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. I don't think we've gotten a whole lot of Twitter action here, I guess, whatever they call it today. Uh, you get the gist, but uh, I'm not sure if we've had much of that lately, so you can pick that up a little bit, whatever it might be called. Uh, meanwhile, basically, the only rules for this show are accuracy and objectivity. If you uh, violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update that will be followed by Around College Football with Pete Futak of collegefootballnews.com. We'll cover some of the uh, things that got my attention and I assume his attention from week one. And the look ahead a little bit, uh, week two, there's only two top 25 matchups this week. Obviously the Alabama-Texas game. And I think the other one's Louisiana Tech. No, Louisiana, yeah, I forgot who the other one was. Not Louisiana Tech. They're not ranked. Uh, Tulane, they're state they're from the state of Louisiana, and I forgot who they're. Oh, Old Miss, that's the other game this week. The only other top twenty-five matchup. Once again, bottom of the hour to be phone call time. General discussion six zero two, two sixty ten sixty plus some local roundup. Once again, we'll have some Cardinals stuff then. Diamondbacks and Rockies analysis from yesterday. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM ten sixty and Kiss Lux HD two one hundred point seven. Have you downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Food. Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is mail, chicken. Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows. Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Week one of the college football season included Deion Sanders in Colorado stealing the show. Week two includes Texas and Alabama. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports end by Pete Futak, publisher of uh, collegefootballnews.com. Uh, part of the SI Media Group. And, Pete, always good to have you on the show. It's been uh, – we've been doing this for a few years now. You've been doing it to your uh, collegefootballnews.com for many years. Let's start with Colorado. 20-and-a-half-point underdog winning the opener at TCU. TCU certainly uh, – TCU certainly did not resemble the team that reached the national championship game a season ago. But what impressed you the most about Colorado during that uh, win last Saturday? Well, the thing to remember is TCU did resemble that team because if you remember, they didn't have much of a defense. Like yeah, that's true. Bunstead thing. I mean, they got destroyed by Michigan uh, after about you know actually throughout the whole game. But the last like twelve quarters have been pretty awful for TCU's defense, and they weren't that great defensively last year in every game. But they managed to find ways to pull games out. And they almost did. So, in all the, the praise and, and 
things and loved going to you know, Coach Prime. Oh, my gosh, do you believe and all that kind of stuff. If TCU doesn't screw up a couple times, this, this whole narrative sort of changes. But obviously it's amazing. I mean, like, look, this is – if you're a Colorado fan, that's the dream. I mean, it, it, it's, it's the dream of any fan of a bad team that one guy comes in and instantly takes the team from nothing to a big deal and does it by getting rid of the bad players and bringing in a bunch of good players. And forget how he did it and if it wasn't, you know, nice and everything, but that's how it's supposed to be done. This is sports. This is how it works. And uh, for let's see what they do this week against Nebraska going forward. And certainly he's going to have to quickly be able to take criticism of some sort, which no human on the planet seems less interested in taking criticism than Dion. Uh, <laughs> but for now, this thing really is is looking great and looks like a whole lot of fun. Okay, so they're ranked 22nd in the AP poll this week. Are you okay with that? And I think more importantly, do you think they'll be ranked at the end of the season? I don't know if they're going bowling this season. Let's If you look at the rest, this is all fun. If you remember... Well, they're probably going to beat Nebraska this week, and they're going to beat Colorado next week. But if you remember, three years ago, was it, when Mississippi State opened the season with under Mike Leach, late Mike Leach, and K.J. Costello threw for like 900 yards against defending yeah. national champion LSU. And it's like, uh-oh, look out, here we go. And they scored a grand total of 30 points in the four games after that. So, like... I think this is going to work. I think this has staying power. But they're going to run into Oregon and USC after this first three-game run. We're going to see if this thing is sustainable week after week or if, like you said, maybe TCU just isn't that great. It was only returning like three starters. And they had a whole bunch of reworking to do, and they still were able to move the ball at will. So I hope it works. I dog Dion, but he's probably my favorite sports personality of all time. So uh, it's I hope it works. I hope this is a fun thing. Uh, but look, you know, it's only going to get bigger the more this thing keeps rolling. Okay, the Pac-12, at least for one more year, still intact. And counting week zero, the Pac-12, 13-0. and zero. Now, most years, I'm already asking a question at some point in September whether the Pac-12 has been eliminated from the college football playoff. Instead, right now, should I be asking whether the Pac-12 might be the top heavy, at least the best top heavy conference in college football? Or, and maybe, or should I be asking, is the college football playoff out of the question this season because all those teams at the top are going to knock each other out? We're about to know a little more. I mean, can Utah win at Baylor? Uh, can Colorado beat Nebraska? You know, even like I, I think – UCLA is going to murder San Diego State, but that's a road game for the Bruins. They're going down the road a little bit. Oregon's got a uh, tough game ahead. Uh, Arizona State's got a tough game this week. Arizona is going off this week. So, like, all these different teams are now about to get tested. So, let's see if they're still, you know, if a, if a Washington State can beat uh, Wisconsin this week, if a Washington can go to Michigan State and win next week. They still have to prove it overall, but if nothing else, the, the talent level in this conference on top. I mean, the quarterbacks are amazing. I mean, you're going to have – look, you know, I still think 
if he puts it all together and is consistent, the DJ Uyunglele not has all the tools to be the number one overall pick in the draft. And he might be like the fifth or sixth most productive quarterback in the conference this year. I mean, you're still Caleb. Uh, Shador Sanders is an NFL quarterback. Bo Nix is playing amazing. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. is going to probably lead the nation in passing. Uh, Cameron Morden, Washington State, was excellent. Jaden Delore down in Arizona. So, I mean, just week after week, everyone's got a quarterback. So it's just going to make the league that much more fun before they all even go out of places. So who wins the conference? USC. There is, the, the offense is still amazing. The defense is just a little better, and it kind of gets lost uh, in the shuffle that had Caleb not hurt that hamstring. I'm not going to just say they beat Utah because Utah was playing great, but at least they, they're closer. And if that happens, they're going to the college football playoff. So uh, I still think Utah is going to be dangerous uh, in the end. Uh, but I think USC is just that offense. No, as long as 13 is okay, no one's stopping that thing. Okay. I got Oregon State at 10 to 1 to win the Pac 12. They have a good offensive line, good running back. Actually, a couple good running backs, but Martinez is really good. You mentioned DJ. I think their defense at Oregon State might be the best in the Pac-12. Am I crazy at thinking Oregon State at ten to one was a good idea? Not crazy. I mean, they could get in the mix. Uh, I mean, it's just there's so many. I mean, like you kind of mentioned, how many other landmines can you get by though? Can you get by Oregon again? Can you beat Washington State? And can you beat? Look, you mentioned like Cal. Cal was. That, that win at North Texas, is everyone blew it off, yeah, whatever. That's a road game uh, against a team with a pretty dangerous offense. You know, ask Texas Tech going to Wyoming how uh, how easy that is to do sometimes to get be a fish out of water. And they looked, that was one of the best performances by Cal in years. Uh, and so we'll see a little more about that group. Stanford is a little bit tough. You know, that's not going to be the easy out it was. So there's so many different, you know, problems to get to just to get to the Pac-12 championship, much less win it. So, you know, why not? I, I just, like, it's kind of like, you know, okay, USC I think is kind of a given right at this point. I think Utah is the other team that gets there. But you can name it just about anybody else and say, yeah, other than maybe Arizona State and Stanford. And say, why not? You know, why not? Why can't this all kind of come together at once? Pete Futak, publisher of collegefootballnews.com, is currently in the sports zone. All right, the ACC, uh, two and zero against the SEC. Florida State and North Carolina dominating in the second half to beat LSU and South Carolina. How good are Florida State? Uh, how good is Florida State? And does uh, North Carolina, God forbid, actually have a decent defense? That's crazy. I, that you know, core belief shattered this weekend. I I, I saw <laughs> one that uh, no way LSU that Florida State was going to lose to LSU. wasn't totally shocked by that. I was shocked that South Carolina, North Carolina, wasn't like 65-62 firefight. I mean, it's, that's they, they have never had defense in North Carolina, and they showed up large for that. So that was pretty amazing. Um, I still think I, I, that it was such an outlier on Monday night and that Clemson, it, there's too much talent for them to be that bad. They don't have a deep threat wide receiver. That's going to be their downfall from the transfer portal. It's going to kill them at some point. But they don't use the transfer portal to get them. But Florida State's still got to go to Clemson. And I, I don't think that, the, oh, my gosh, the Dabo era is over. I'm not there yet with them. 
So that's a dangerous game. Florida State still has to go to Pitt. That's a dangerous game. There's a bunch of other kind of you know dangerous battles here and there, but certainly right now Florida State looks like it's a team that's about to do a whole lot of big things. Uh, I I still will not buy North Carolina. I mean, it's just like South Carolina is not as strong as we might have thought in the preseason, uh, but certainly that's going to be a, uh, a team that you ain't got Drake May, you've got a player of that caliber, then certainly uh, that's a team that's going to be a tough out each week. Okay, so let's play a little bit of the uh, reason for concern or no big deal game that I like to play occasionally, so let's bring that back. Let's talk about LSU. Reason for concern or no big deal? No big deal. It, it was uh, it just they had it, week one is such such a crazy thing that it, it just you all eight months that you've been waiting for this and all of a sudden everything comes together at once. It kind of gets lost a little like the TCU Colorado thing where it, they screwed up. I mean, they should have been up three touchdowns in the first half. And for whatever reason, they just lost it in the second half. I mean, give Florida State credit because they were good. Uh, and they had the receivers, and uh, they made the, made the plays, and LSU didn't. But you could point to, like, four different plays, where, including a bunch of fourth downs inside the three-yard line, where it looked like they should have punched it in, and all of a sudden it would be a very different game. Or just a dropped pass where... The guy had it, and his neighbors had it, and could have turned and gone and dropped it. You know, little things like that, and they just sort of added up, and then it turned into a route. You saw the same thing with TCU. They got down there twice, give Colorado credit for making the plays, but two end zone picks. You saw that with Nebraska and Minnesota. They had it and just made two bad errors. You saw that with Clemson, where if they don't keep fumbling, and the crazy stat with that was they didn't score and they didn't punt in the second half where they kept getting down there. And so, again, give the defenses credit for making mistakes. But there's a lot of week one happening where teams just weren't quite as gelled and uh, the timing wasn't quite as right as it should have been. Okay, let's go to Clemson here. You know, reason for concern or no big deal. And just to add to that, uh, the last two, three seasons – you know, Clemson, it seems like their offensive line has declined. And have they run out of wide receivers? They had a wide receiver that was like in the NFL or a couple forever. And I'm not sure they have any of those guys now. And with all the doom and gloom, had they not collapsed in the fourth quarter against South Carolina, they're in the college football playoff last year. So uh, it, I, I'm with you. I, in your is reason for concern or not, no with the defense because they've got as much NFL talent on that defensive front as anybody. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they, they've been missing. Everyone dogged D.J. Oyungle but he got killed by his receivers and dropped passes when he was there. And then he had to be tentative, and the offense didn't work, and he got blamed, and he got blamed for it. And now that's why I sort of think he's about to blow up and become the guy we were all waiting for. But they just they are desperately missing – Though at least two or three different dangerous downfield threats that they, like you said, they used to always have. So that, yeah, that is a concern because that's not there. Okay, one more reason for concern and no big deal: the Ohio State offense. No, it, it, again, week one. At the end of the day, they won by twenty points in a Big Ten road game. So if you kind of you know, take it like that, I mean, it's fine. The defense was amazing. You can't have that much talent and be that mediocre. They have the best receivers in college football. They have NFL running backs. They have an NFL offensive line. 
the quarterback play will step up in time. And remember, Ohio State kind of does this. They should have lost to Minnesota a couple years ago in the opener if Mo Ibrahim didn't get hurt halfway through the game, uh, and it turned out to be all right. Uh, they opened the season one year at Florida Atlantic where they were kind of eh. They opened the season one year in Navy and they were kind of eh. And every once in a while, yes, they hung 77 on Oregon State here, and I think they hung 77 on Bowling Green one year. So every once in a while they come out roaring. But it's Ohio State. They'll just kind of keep plowing through, and the offense will perk up a little bit. For them, as long as the defense keeps playing like that, they are 11-0 going into the Michigan game. Talking with Pete Futak, uh, publisher of collegefootballnews.com. All right, so let's get to this Saturday. Alabama hosting Texas. Handicap that game for us. Alabama. Just, I'm not going to – until it, – when in doubt, just assume that it's Alabama. It, it, it's home game. You've got a team that feels disrespected. Oh, my gosh, this – you know, no one believes in us. We're just this little program that, you know, maybe will, you know, God willing, will be able to field a team this week. And just, I, they seem like they're one of those teams that it's going to come out grouchy. And uh, I, I, Texas is nice. I will, I'm a believer it's the best team in the Big 12. I do think it's going to have its moments against this Bama secondary. Uh, but when push comes to shove, Alabama just keeps pushing and shoving. I, I think they roll. Texas, okay, you think you just answered my next question there. You think they're going to roll, so Texas plus seven, not a good idea? It, you know, it's, again, my, I'm the one who thought that Clemson was going to destroy Duke because there's always a blowout on Monday night Labor Day games. It turned out to be the other way, and uh, I, I thought that LSU would be Florida State, and I thought North Carolina South Carolina would be a shootout. So it's not crazy. I'm not going to be shocked if Texas pulls this off. I just kind of think that Alabama is about to sort of make a couple of statements that says, you know what, that, yeah, everyone loves Georgia, but we're here too. Who's the second best team in the Big 12? Uh, well, we need to see more out of Oklahoma on whether or not this is real. Uh, that was a cathartic opener for them where they scored a gajillion points just to kind of be like, all right, you know, last year stunk. We're just going to make a – we're just going to show a little something early on. I I was going to be in on Texas Tech until they did that against Wyoming, uh, yeah. but they, they, they're still good. I mean, they're still they still got the makeup to be really good. They just sort of collapsed in Laramie because weird things happen at Wyoming sometimes. But uh, Kansas State, I, I, I'm kind of waiting for the defending Big Big Twelve champs to uh, to kind of kind of creep into this again, where everyone's going to talk about everyone else. And all of a sudden, Kansas State's just sort of there. So mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna, I, I do think Texas, Oklahoma, like I said, Oklahoma will see a little bit more out of it, but they certainly might see that. And it, I think Kansas State's going to just kind of hang around and be there at the end too. Uh, for the record, I'm on Kansas State, Pete. So I'm good to hear. Good to hear that. Really, all right. Smart, beautiful men think alike. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I don't know about beautiful, but smart, hopefully. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Pete. I'm sure we'll be talking throughout the season. Always a pleasure talking to you. Anytime. You have a great weekend. You too. Thanks. Pete Futak, publisher of collegefootballnews.com, part of the uh, SI Media Group. And uh, we've had Pete on for many years and uh, always a, a fountain of information and um, taking notes when I'm talking to Pete a lot of the time. Next segment, phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060, 602-260-1060. 
Also, we'll get to some local roundup, including a little on the Cardinals, Sun Devils, and Wildcats heading into their games this weekend. Uh, and we'll get to some Diamondbacks and Rockies analysis, <clears throat> assuming my throat holds up here from yesterday. Going to reload here during the break and suck down some more water. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. The KDUS hotline 602-260-1060. We'll get to at least one phone call here momentarily. First up, let me whip through some football on the local roundup. Uh, the Cardinals uh, still aren't saying it, but Josh, Joshua Dobbs likely is going to be the starting quarterback in Sunday's week one opener at Washington. Wednesday was quarterback media access day around the NFL. It is every Wednesday unless you have a team, unless it's a team that plays a game on a Thursday or, you know, before Sunday, let's put it that way. The Cardinals uh, continued their use of a you know, non-disclosure, uh, the, uh, the, that approach by using, uh, the, actually had uh, Joshua Dobbs and Clayton Toon available to the media yesterday. They both talked. Earlier in the day, Jonathan Gannon met with the media and once again refused to publicly name a starter. But NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported uh, reported uh, late thir- uh, Wednesday morning. That would be that yesterday would be when Wednesday, right? Uh, the Dobbs expected to be the starter, according to Rappaport. Uh, that kind of confirms what we speculated and heard elsewhere before. Meanwhile, uh, the betting market remains unfazed. The uh, commander is a seven-point favorite. That's been uh, there for weeks, even though there are some signs that that uh, point spread could actually get higher uh, before the game on Sunday. ASU, uh, their home underdogs on Saturday night against Oklahoma State. ASU opened a two-point underdog. That number's moved to three-and-a-half in most worldwide locations, even though there's at least one three-and-a-half that I've seen uh, at the station casinos in Nevada this morning. The U of A on Saturday night at Mississippi State, they opened eight-point underdogs. That number went as high as 10 in several sports books earlier this week, but that number moved back to nine on Wednesday. All right, out to the uh, KDUS hotline we go. Matt and Phoenix, what's going on, Matt? Bob, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate it. I, uh, I did not know you had this, but I also have an Oregon State future to win the conference. Uh, you got a better number than I did, but for um, a line there, I just I like their offensive line, and uh, I think Jonathan Smith will do a really good job putting DJ in, in successful situations, which Dabo does not do. And uh, I know they get their three key games: um, Washington, Utah, and uh, UCLA, I believe, at home. Uh, the only and they don't play USC. Correct. The only real tough road test is the uh, what will probably be what the last uh, meeting of the Civil War. Uh, Oregon. I don't State. know. That's a really good question. I mean, it'd be interesting to see uh, whether some of these rivalries, even though you know teams changing conferences are gone, but yeah. maybe they'd like to try to keep that one going. I hope but so. Hopeful as a college football fan, certainly I'd like to see them yeah. continue to play. Uh, so I'm not sure, but. Uh, 
I don't think it's totally dead. I mean, uh, the Texas Texas A and M thing. I thought we were, were you know pre, we were pretty sure that was gone, yeah, but now with Texas year, returning right? to right with Texas back in the uh, uh, same conference, uh, that'll be back. So that'll be fun. Um, I heard Pete Qtech say he's not concerned about Ohio State. Um, I don't know that I can be concerned after one week, but. Um, I know James Franklin hasn't been good in big games. So I kind of like Penn State a little bit. Um, yeah, I know the their their best cold. their best defensive player got arrested yesterday for marijuana possession I, in a dorm room. I did um, not catch that. That's an issue. Yeah, this linebacker that was all Big Ten last year got her okay. you know, yesterday. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, I just I, they look like they're really good. But I'm sorry, I just can't believe in James Franklin on That's game fair. day Absolutely. until he beats until he can you know he's one of I think it's one game against Harbaugh and one game over Ohio State in like a decade. Yeah. yeah. So I need to see a more than just one game. The only game they beat Ohio State is they blocked two kicks in that game and Correct. won that game, and they were they were yeah. getting their ass kicked, uh, and they uh, ended up blocking two a field goal and a punt uh, to win that game. I think Allard's good, though, um, which might be the difference between this team and the team they've no, had I agree. Um, yeah. over the last few years. So I want to. Talk I think about he's good too. Team. He made some throws on Saturday night that were tremendous. He also, you know, seems to have a problem with some of the pitch and catch stuff, which kind of yes, got it. I uh, agree with that. When the limited action last year, I didn't know if I wondered about his accuracy consistently. Fair. I want to talk about the big game this week, Bob. Of course. Ames, Iowa, Iowa, Iowa State. <laughs> My favorite What's the total of that game? For horrific football. Uh, I believe I got an early 40 and a half. Um, wow. So it's down to 37 and a half. I'm kidding. I don't yeah. really want to talk about that game. But um, that's going to be some hideous <laughs> football, um, which I, I enjoy immensely. So I'll That's kind of up your alley. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Texas, key to the game. Um, Quinn Ears makes. Uh, making plays with uh, in the past game, considering their likely inability to run the football against the Alabama defensive front, which they didn't do even last year when they had the best running back in the country. Yeah, there's not a chance I'm going to be betting on this game. Um, I don't bet much college football early in the season because okay. I just have, and it's that's that's been a, something I've kind of it's been my policy for a few years. I think it's yep. even increased more now early in this With season the because portal. of the transfer report. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I have no idea, really. I need to see a team play a couple of times. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, there's really no score that would – it would it would surprise me if Texas won by a lot. But yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if Alabama won by a lot. And, uh, I agree with that. Yeah, is I just can't buy the Texas's back thing until I see you know, if if they win on Saturday, I, I'm going to pay attention. Uh, definitely, okay. I'm not going to declare on Monday that Texas is back unless they <laughs> kill them. But right. uh, you know the the fact that Alabama they were lucky to win that game last year. They got some goals in their favor in the second half of that game. Without a uh, doubt. several several of them. Uh, yep. Yeah, they needed Will Anderson and uh, also Bryce Young to make yeah. spectacular plays in the last five minutes of that game to win the game. Yep. Those guys are gone, so I, I, I can't take Alabama and lay seven. 
And I'm not taking Texas plus seven until I see they actually can That's compete fair. against a, a top-notch program, at least. I do wonder if Alabama has a superstar on offense, a game-breaker that uh, you know, they've obviously had for a tremendous amount of years, whether it be at the quarterback position or um, you know, one of the other skill yeah. positions. So Milro, um, might, Milro, Milro might be the guy, but I'd like maybe. to see you know, Texas. I do think has a good defense, yes, so I this would be a good that. test for be a, be I a good test for him. Can complete enough passes. That no, I agree with the Alabama side of things. But you know, I only saw. I didn't watch any of that game last week. I no, saw some highlights in the SEC post game show. And he did, you know, I know there was against, you know, the little sisters of the poor, but, I mean, he made some very accurate passes down the field for big plays. Quick, uh, Bob, NFL predictions. Um, I'll go in the NFC division winners, Dallas, Green Bay, Atlanta, San Francisco, wild cards, Philadelphia, Seattle, and Detroit, AFC, Buffalo, Baltimore, Tennessee, Kansas City, Wild cards, Miami, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. And the Super Bowl prediction, sure to go wrong, is Buffalo over Dallas. Okay. Uh, I haven't really got too much into this yet, but I'm with you on Tennessee. Okay. Um, I'm not buying Jacksonville. Neither am I. Um, I, the Green Bay thing is interesting. I mean, I don't. I like them this week, even though the best number is long gone in that game. If you're talking point spread against Chicago, that number was, you know, three. What is it down to one now or something? Yeah, they may not have so, a receiver to throw the ball to. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's fine. And if I had to make a Super Bowl Super Bowl pick right now, I'm taking the 49ers. Uh, okay. This is it. This is the last rodeo for I these guys. That. I totally agree. They're up against, especially after the Bosa contract yesterday, they are completely up against it salary cap-wise after this yep. year. A whole bunch of dudes that are eligible to become free agents at the end of this season. You know, I keep saying, this reminds me of the Saints two or three years ago because I said every year that there's no way they can keep all those guys and they figured out how to do it. But it seems highly unlikely that the Niners are going to be able to keep their, you know, a lot of their stud players uh, on their roster, you know, yeah. for the next few years after this year. So I'm taking San Francisco. I don't care who the quarterback is. Maybe I will eventually. Who's their third quarterback? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Uh, uh, it's the kid in uh, Carolina. Um, I think he played a little bit in Washington. The name. Uh, uh, yeah, I have uh, no idea. So, got away yeah, from me, but. No, that's fine. But I mean, I, you know, so maybe I do care who the quarterback is, but. Uh, I just think that Trey Lance. No, he's gone. Trey Lance got traded. Yeah. So yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's a uh, yeah. But I'm gonna take San Francisco out of black. I'm not betting it, but uh, that's if I, I gotta pick somebody, I guess, because I'm doing it. I'm a talk show host, so you have to take somebody, <laughs> I guess. So that would be my team for this well, year. The, uh, next my my Super Bowl football. picks have gone. My Super Bowl picks have gone not gone well over oh, recent years. God, by the right. way, absolutely. Yeah. Enjoy the next five months of football where everybody's telling you the NFL is the best league in the world and the product actually stinks. So, okay, I well, I actually, I actually thought the product last year was better. So I agree with that. Let's there see were a how years you know, there where it was it was a, a tough. Oh, absolutely, 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 it was. So I'm hoping uh, that it's going to be uh, watchable most Sundays this year because it was last year for the most part. Agreed. Thanks as always, Bob. 
Okay. The bad news is I have to watch the Cardinals every down of every game. So, God forbid. See how long that lasts. I'll be watching every down to some extent. I may not be watching it live every down. I might, uh, if they're down 100 to nothing in the second quarter of a game, I'm probably going to go to the uh, videotape system of things. All right. Uh, well, I'll get to the Diamondbacks, and uh, we'll get to the uh, National League wild card situation, I'm sure, during the extra point with Kayla in the next two hours, so stay tuned for that. One more segment to go today in the sports zone, and uh, we'll try to cover uh, at least a, I know one, two things I'm going to cover are the point spread in the Kansas City-Detroit game tonight and also the point spread in the Rams and the Seahawks game, those have both been affected by key injuries to key players uh, on the Chiefs and also the Los Angeles Rams. So we'll definitely get to that in the next segment. And whatever else I can jam into a quick segment to end today's Sports Zone. And you're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1016, Kiss Lux HD 2, 100.7. Uh, let's start with, uh, of course, the NFL season begins tonight. The Travis Kelsey injury has had uh, an effect on the point spread for sure. Uh, most locations worldwide have the uh, Chiefs now down to a four-and-a-half point favorite in the game tonight. Uh, the opening line was six and a half, and it kind of stayed at six and a half until the Kelsey injury news on Tuesday. Now down to, uh, as I mentioned, most places four and a half. I do see a couple of fives here in the last few minutes uh, in Las Vegas. FanDuel uh, sitting at five and a half at last look, which was yesterday. So that's what we're using for the poll question today. Meanwhile, Cooper Cup situation. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, and I'll get a little more on Kelsey in a minute, too. Uh, but the Rams at Seattle, uh, this game had a point spread dip yesterday because of the Cup uh, declared out for the at uh, least week number one. Uh, this game actually opened with Seattle at uh, in Seattle, a four-point favorite. Uh, and it got uh, – yesterday was still like four, four-and-a-half. And now it's pretty much everywhere five-and-a-half after the Cooper Cup news in the last 24 hours. Now, as far as those two guys go – Kelsey is officially listed as questionable for tonight. Uh, it's uh, reported this morning this is a legitimate game-time decision. He hyperextended his knee during the Tuesday practice um, and has inflammation. They don't think there's any structural damage, but inflammation in the knee. And uh, the, the, the uh, ACL intact, according to Adam Schefter, and I'm um, guessing probably others by now. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. Meanwhile, the Rams situation with Cooper Cup. He uh, is out for at least week one because of a hamstring injury. Uh, Sean McVay also said there's a possibility that Cup could injure, end up on the injured reserve list, which means uh, if you do that now, they have until Saturday to make a decision on that. But if they do it uh, on Saturday, that he would miss the first four games, at least the first four games of the season. But if you do the injury reserve thing now, he's not out for the season. So there's the latest on Cooper Cup that I'm aware of, at least. Meanwhile, one of the NFL note, Viking safety Josh Metellus reached an agreement on a two-year contract extension, $13 million, $6 million guaranteed. That also, according to Schefter this morning, 
Metellus enter, he was entering the final year of his contract. Uh, he was a sixth-round pick by the Vikings in 2020, but he's uh, played much better than a sixth-round pick. Meanwhile, college football, I talked about just for a moment in the last segment with, uh, with Matt, uh, Penn State linebacker uh, Abdul Carter, uh, charged with misdemeanor marijuana possession on Tuesday. Actually, he was smoking marijuana in his dorm room, and the uh, alarm went off because of the smoke. That's how they caught him. He was a second-team All-Big Ten selection as a freshman last year. He had uh, six, uh, 56 uh, tackles. He was second in the team with six and a half sacks last season, too. A couple other quick notes here. Jeff Passan from ESPN reporting that the uh, the uh, Dodgers placed Julio Urias on the uh, administrative leave list. Uh, of course, he had the, uh, you know, the... Uh, the arrest for domestic felony, domestic violence last Sunday night. Uh, he's in the final year of his contract. Uh, as I mentioned yesterday, most people in baseball seem to believe that Urias will not be pitching again for the Dodgers this year. This is his second domestic violence arrest or altercation of some kind in the last three years. So we'll see what happens with him. All right, that's it for today's Sports Zone. Stay tuned. The Extra Point's coming up next. Of course, that's hosted by Kayla. We'll get to much more on the Diamondbacks, including uh, Jordan Lawler, the top prospect, is expected to be officially recalled today, or not recalled because he's never been here yet, or promoted. Nick Ahmed's uh, designated for assignment by the Diamondbacks yesterday. We'll also have a Chiefs-Lions preview and more phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. The Extra Point hosted by Kayla is next. <laughs> 